Yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome. Thursday night. You know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I used to get nervous coming on the on the air and talking and, you know, worried about, you know, whether or not I mess up and all that stuff. been doing this for a while now. I still enjoy it. I still get a little bit nervous, but it's for different reasons now. It's because I spent a lot of time preparing this. And um, I want you guys to get the full benefit of what I've prepared. So, you know, for for those of you guys that, that – you know, might not have watched me before. Welcome. Chappie is the name. Chaps Fantasy Chats, the show. Thursday nights at 8 on Draft for Upside. Um, really great up-and-coming network. Bunch of great guys that uh, support the network. And, you know, really, really happy to be with, with those fellas. Uh, you can find me on iLogic Media. And also on Facebook at Chaps Fantasy Chat Sports Page. So you know, give me a chat if you like what you uh, like what you hear tonight. Tonight, like I said, we're going to talk about corner infield. <clears throat> we're, we're we're getting close to uh, to draft season, and you know it, it's 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 that time where you really have to you know put rubber road and decide who you like over whom. Um, tonight, I'm going to kind of give you some insight as to how to make good decisions. This is a really wonky year. This is this is my time of year. I love talking about you know philosophy and um, you know really why player A is more valuable than player B. So again tonight I'm going to go through first base and third base independently. We're going to talk about tiers and why certain guys are um, their statistics from last year carry more weight or less weight, right? So we're going to try and figure out basically the whole story behind this holistically is a player's um a player's career goes on a bell curve if they're younger if they if they're showing the stats that's that um point towards their statistics ascending that then we're going to value them a little bit more than someone who's maybe up here going on the the the, the other side of the age um, bell curve, if you will. So, you know, just real, real quickly, we might value a little bit more a Pete Alonzo who's, who's younger over a Freddie Freeman who's on the other side of it. I'm not saying we do. I'm saying just for, for an example, but, but that, that's, what's great. Okay. About this, because <laughs> I say this every year at this time, everybody's just giving you their best guess. The reason why uh, someone's going to be right at the end of the year and someone's going to be wrong. Uh, it's how you get to that point, right? So what am I talking about? I like to, I'm really, I, I find myself constantly pouring over numbers. I'm a, I, I love collecting data. Um, I, I feel like you can learn a lot from your data and, and, and make better decisions if you understand it. So, so you'll find a lot of my thought processes based on that on that data collection um, perspective. Uh, so when we're going down through these, especially in last year, it was a shortened season. There's a lot of really weird um, statistics out there that maybe don't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, we're going to start to really kind of break down what's real versus what isn't, perception versus reality. Um, and, and, you know, it's not an exact science, especially, like I said, in a, a, a season last year that was a third um, of the length of a normal season. It, it's um, it's a little it's a little different than in years past. So as we start to go through this, it, it's um, it, it's almost it comes to the point of you start to look at first. But the first thing you have to look at is the depth at the position. Um, first base, for example, I feel is really deep. A lot of people you'll hear say it's shallow. 
Um, th- this year, I, I, I feel like it, it's, it's a deeper position. Now, of course, you're going to have two or three guys um, on, the, on the list that, that are above the others, right? Um, I, you, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out who those guys are. But my point is there are guys that could get comparable numbers in that second, even in the third tier, that you don't have to spend that really high draft capital on. So my the point of this exercise is spending the best, spending your draft capital most wisely and getting bang for your buck. Guys, just want to say, if you're on Facebook and you're posting in the StreamYard, I don't know who you are unless you register. I really appreciate appreciate any questions, input, feedback, anything you got. I love to hear it, but um, either you got to log in or just identify yourself. Let me know who you are. Um, You know, having the interactions is part of what makes it so much fun. So love to hear questions, comments, what have you. I could post them up here and, and we could talk about them, you know, as much as you want. Before we get into the questions and the comments and all that stuff, let's start talking about the first the first base position. To me, <clears throat> yes, it's a little it's a that first tier at first base it is it could be as shallow as two and as many as five, depending on how how you view these guys. So so I'll break it down um, ADP wise. And again, I don't go off of ADP. I use it basically as a guide because it is important when you're you, you're. When you're going up against your competition, because you know a lot of people don't do this exercise, so they're going to be going straight off of what the um, what the you know fantasy pros or CBS Sports or whatever um, sports line gives you. If if you if you make your own list, it's not going to hurt as much reaching for a player that you value over a player that might be slotted higher in his ADP slot. So that's why it's important to do these exercises. But for ADP's sake, we will keep them in mind. Just so you know, you know, if you value, just for instance, if you value um, Reese Hoskins over um, Max Muncy, just for instance, uh, then then knowing that Reese Hoskins is what, seventy points lower in his ADP, you don't you can theoretically go up and grab Reese Hoskins. At Max Muncy or Anthony Rizzo's spot in front of him because you value him more. So, so that's kind of the perspective we're coming from. That's why we make these lists. That's why I like to put the ADPs right beside it, so you really know what the what the masses are thinking, right? Because, because again, most fantasy baseball guys are just going to go off of the, what the magazine tells them or the website tells them. We don't want to do that. That's lazy. First first baseman. My first first baseman. Chappie's first baseman. <laughs> Freddie Freeman, number one. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, it's hard not to it's hard to look at this list this year and put anybody other than Freeman on there. Um now I know there's a couple guys right behind him that you know maybe have a little bit more upside, but but to to have the kind of season that Freddie Freeman had last year, and again. I'm going to give you all a perspective right off the bat here because we forget about stuff, right? We forget about the fact that Freddie Freeman got COVID right before the season started last year. Freddie Freeman almost didn't play last year, guys. And 
you know, for him to come back and do what he did, he played in all 60 games. He had his best statistical season of his career. Again, it's shortened. But killed his average. He hit, last year he hit 341. Prior to that, his career high for average is 319. He was on pace for a career high in home runs. Again, you guys know I liked I like to break numbers down in small chunks and see. See, that's all we have from last year, right? So Freddie Freeman picked a heck of a time. He's on pace for 36 homers and 144 RBIs last year. If you project what he did in that stint over a full season, both of those would have been career highs to go with a career high on average. He did this at age 31. Now, is it real is it realistic for him to come back this year and do the same thing? Maybe, maybe. Probably not. Does he need to for you to be a you know the, the leading first baseman? He's probably gotta get close, right? But but the thing about Freeman is he's such a good hitter. He's he's the biggest, he's the heartbeat of that team. And you look at who he has around him, the young players he has around him, it has to have him feeling rejuvenated. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. At, at twelve, So I have him first because he's at 12.3. I think he and Bellinger are about as neck and neck as anybody we're going to talk about tonight. Bellinger just fluctuates more. So, so Bellinger's average ADP is 15. Freeman's is 12.3. So either way, you're talking about traditional 12-team league, a high second-round pick. Maybe a little higher, maybe a little lower, depending on the league, depending on the circumstance, right? So in comparing those two, sure. Bellinger definitely has the bigger upside. No doubt about it. But the inconsistency for me, now he's on that even year, right? He's on that year where he's um, he should have a pretty good year because he didn't have a great one last year. He got hot during the playoffs. We've seen this narrative before. And the other part of Bellinger is, well, two parts of Bellinger. You have the natural um, – Speed, which isn't uh, again, I talked about it last week. The profile at corner infielder is more home runs, more RBIs, less runs, um, less stolen bases. The middle infield's the opposite, right? So, you know, you when you can get that opportunity to gain in a position of weakness at these silos, it's opportune to do so. So, in that regard. Bellinger's a little bit more valuable, but you could say the same thing about average, right? And, you know, Freddie Freeman being a career, two ninety five hitter over eleven years, that consistency to me plays a little bit higher. 
than what Bellinger's up and down does. That's why I did. I, I think Bellinger's a better player. But if you're talking about, you know, a first or second round pick, you can't afford to miss, which is why you like the consistency of Freeman. These are the types of things you really need to think about when you're going into your draft. It, it, it really hurts if you flop on one of your first five picks. You, it's hard to recover. I don't care. People say work, work the waiver wire, yada, yada, yada. The, you're not picking up a Cody Bellinger. You're not picking up a Freddie Freeman off the waiver wire. I don't care how savvy you are. So, Freddie Freeman over Cody Bellinger by a scotch. Last season, he was coming up Bellinger. Why did he have a down year? Why, why did he struggle? Well, I feel like Bellinger's kind of in the same mindset as Trevor Bauer and that he's always trying to work on his craft. He's always trying to improve his swing. You know, he, he didn't rest on his laurels coming off of an MVP season in 2019 that saw him hit 305, 34 homers, 121 runs, 115 RBIs, and stealing 15 bases. He's, he's versatile. You can play him in the outfield. He plays first. You can play him at corner. And, and again, this, the stolen base aspect to me makes him just unique among this position. As much as I say you don't see many corners stealing bases, you really don't see any first baseman stealing bases. So when you have a guy, when you have a guy like Bellinger, who can steal you 15 bases, that gives you an edge. The difference. His career average is 273 compared to 292 for, for Freeman. It's a big dip. So, so again, last year, he struggled. He struggled. Um. Hit 239, 12 homers. He did pick it up in the second part of the year. You know, he hit 267 in September and October. So what's the difference in the two? I'll tell you what the difference in the two is. The homers and the stolen bases have to come through for Bellinger. Whereas for Freeman, you know the average is going to play. You know the runs and the RBIs are going to be consistent. Bellinger has to steal bases to be relevant at this, at this spot. Pete Alonso, number three. ADP 55. <clears throat> you know, Alonso is one of those guys, 26 years old. It's a perception versus reality thing. His average dropped last year. 
again, this is weird because I'm telling I'm telling you not to put too much faith into the statistics, but in the same regard, we're sitting here talking about batting average and RBIs and runs. With a guy like Alonzo, it's more important. It's more important for a number of different reasons. For me, with Alonzo, the important part is don't put too much weight into his average because the home runs are still there. You're still going to drop Joey Gallo. Even if he hits 239, or 231 rather, you'll live with that if he hits your 53 homers. Sure, you'd like to see 260. 260 puts him in that top category. I'm saying I don't need him to hit 260. I need him to meet me in the middle. I, I need him to hit 245. If he hits 245 and hits me 50 homers. Now, the dead ball is another issue. I'm not going to talk about that. It's really just hard to tell until, you know, um, you see what it looks like. So there's two ways of looking at that. That could be an instance where um, Alonzo, you know, one part of the, of the group will say, well, that's that lessens Alonzo's value because he's not going to hit as many homers. Uh, the other part of the group will say, well, it, it adds to his value because he's not going to hit as many homers, but so is every, everybody else not going to hit as many homers, and he's still going to hit a lot. So it, I'm not going to get into that. All I'm saying to you is Pete Alonzo at 26 years old and that Mets lineup should score or excuse me should drive in a ton of runs. I feel like the 120 that he drove in in 19 might be a little light. I think he can beat that. And you know, you have to you have to assume this guy's working on his craft. You have to assume that this guy is um learning how to hit. Uh, I, I you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he went north of, of 260 this year. So, again, at 55, here's the value about Pete Alonso. At ADP 55, I feel like that's a good value because you think about where he was um, last year after hitting 53 homers as a rookie. You know, he was the third or fourth round pick. Now you're talking about getting him in the fifth round. I'm interested. Number six, DJ LeMayhew. I'm not going to get too much into him. Um, excuse me, number four, DJ LeMayhew. Um, he's he's multi. He he's he's eligible second. He's eligible first. I'd probably use him at second base. So we'll talk about him starting next week. Uh, but he, you know, and the the reason why I I, I wouldn't profile LeMayhew as a first baseman, um, because he is. A, a 26.8. If you're going to draft LeMahieu that high, you damn well better be putting him in second base. That's too high. I don't. I know he had a great average last year. I know he had a really, in some ways, a career year. Um, he's he he to me he fits in better as a second baseman. But that versatility is valuable, right? There are other options at first base that I would go to and shuffle him over there. 
I don't mind necessarily the 26.8 ADP. I don't want that profile playing at first base is my point. <laughs> What's up, Durf? Um, yes, all of these guys are. I, I'll tell you what, though. I like Colin Moran a little bit, a little bit. I, I feel like him playing at first base um, is going to benefit him. So it's he's not he's not someone I draft in a traditional twelve team league, but he's someone in a deeper league I I would definitely consider. I think he's going to have a good year, Durf. Number number five, this guy. I, I'll tell you um, what a year Jose Bray who had last year. His ADP is thirty three. So just gonna pause right real quick, right? Um, why it's important to make a list. Freddie Freeman, 12.3 ADP. Bellinger, 15 ADP. Alonzo, 55 ADP, my number three first baseman. LeMayhew, 26.8 ADP. Abreu, 33.3 ADP, my fifth first baseman. Why have I bumped him down? Do I, why do I hate TJ LeMayhew? I don't hate DJ LeMay, or excuse me, Jose Abreu. Hey, Ryan. I don't ho hate Jose Abreu. He had a great year last year. At age 31, Abreu had a career year stateside. I'm not discounting it. I'm really not. If, again, if you project, so, okay. Jose Abreu's stat line last year. If I can read. Of course, I cut the part off that I want. Project it out. I'll come back to a stat line in a minute. Projected out over 60 games last year. Jose Abreu and his 19 home runs would have been a 52 home run pace. His 60 RBIs projects out to 162 RBIs. Call me crazy. I don't see that happening. I don't see either one of those numbers getting hit. Not saying that he's not going to have a good year. Not saying that those aren't viable numbers. What I am saying is a short season, there's no ebbs and flows. What a great lineup, though, right? Tim Anderson, Moncada, Jimenez, Madrigal. What, what do all those guys have in common? They're young. They're young. Abreu's the glue that holds this lineup together. And, and, you know, 31 isn't old by any stretch. It's concerning. <laughs> it's the age where you have to consider that, right? It's why I bumped him down a little bit. The other part of that is, when you look at Abreu's career stats, Something just doesn't mesh up here. He's had he's had a great career. 
The most homers he's ever hit anywhere, 35. Excuse me, 36. He had 36 his rookie season in Chicago. He had 35 once in Cuba. And he's hit 33 twice. So when you look at his 19 homers from last year, and you start doing the math, you can't project that out. Three, sorry, 317 for Abreu last year. He had 317. What a rookie season Jose Abreu had. 36 homers, 107 runs or RBIs, 80 runs, and a 317 batting average. Hell, he even stole three bases. What an introduction. He set that bar too high almost, right? He hadn't done it. I I'll tell you, 2019, he had a really good year. Really good year. 33 homers, 123 RBIs, 284. Can he repeat it? I, I, I feel like I feel like he's happy in Chicago. I feel like he likes playing around. I feel like he likes playing on a team that's competitive. Fun facts. Abreu's 123 RBIs in 2019 were well more than his previous career high in the majors. He had 107 RBIs his rookie season. He jumped from 107 to 123. Is that repeatable? Abreu's never scored over 100 runs. In a major league season. He's only scored over 90 once. Just so much. I mean. If you want to break fantasy baseball down. It really comes down to. Most leagues. Batting average. Home run. Runs. RBI. Stolen bases. It's important to talk about those things. Now I'm not saying. You know. So I'll give you the, the, the other side of the RBI angle. Abreu's had over 100 RBIs, five of his seven stateside years. So that's good, right? But I'm saying to, to expect what he did in 2019 probably isn't very realistic. Matt Olson I talked about last week, 84 ADP. Um, Really like him. I wonder about whether, you know, sweet swing, prodigious power, uh, uh, 26, I believe he is. I wonder about whether or not he gets traded. Um, he and Chapman both. But but really like those guys. Um, you know, you're talking about – you're talking about a guy – again, you see I have him up here in this next tier. This is tier two, by the way. You know, I feel like when you get – when you get down to – when you get past LeMahieu, you're in, in Tier 2. I feel like Alonzo, LeMahieu, excuse me, Freeman, Bellinger, Alonzo, and LeMahieu is Tier 1. When you get to Tier 2, 
you start having these questions, right? You start having these big gaps in, in, in honestly feasible data is what it is. You can't justify that Matt Olson can be a consistent, you know, um, 260-270 hitter. It, you just can't do it. You're guessing, which is fine. We all know Matt Olson's talented, but coming off a 195 season where he hit 14 homers, you're talking Chris Davis numbers with a CH, and that's not good. You can't play that. But here's where it's important to go back and look at the, the career in its entirety. Even with last year's abysmal year, Olsen's a career 245 hitter. He's averaging 40 home runs per every 162 games he's played over a five-year career now. Averaging. That's significant. I don't need – I say this often, I know. I don't need Olsen to get back up to a 267 hitter. I need him to be better than 195. I need him to get – you know, I need him to get up to around 240. If he gets up to 240 and hits me 40 home runs, I'm ecstatic. Because here's the thing. He hit smack dab in the middle of that lineup. And as long as he and Chapman are there, that lineup is going to be productive. Yeah. This time last year, I remember we were all talking about him. That great year he had as a 25-year-old coming into his own. He hit 267, 36 homers after missing 35 games with a broken wrist. He had 36 homers coming off of a broken wrist how strong is this kid we've just forgotten about that i haven't i can't man i i might be dead wrong on this but to me matt olson is a 250 hitter with 40 home runs and i'll take that i'll take that with my sixth first baseman Talked about Vlad Guerrero last week, 5780p. Lost weight, killing the ball in the Dominican Summer League. I, I like him there. 22 years old. Max Muncy, 94.5 p Anthony Rizzo, 97.3 p Reese Hoskins, I like a lot. 165.5. You got to like him in that offense. 245 last year, 10 homers. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what he looks like, um, you know, going into his 28th season. He's got to feel more comfortable playing predominantly first base now. Um, it's, you know, there, there was a 20 point bump in his batting average last year from the year before. Um, so, you know, having the stress of playing the outfield going off him, you really got to like him there. 
<clears throat> really good power coming off of his bat. Josh Bell's a guy that really intrigues me, and I talked a little bit about him last week as well. Um, he, he's one of those guys. He's a career 261 hitter. He hit 226 last year. He's just 28 years old. I, I, I look for Bell to be rejuvenated by moving to a team that wants to win, that has a serious chance of contending, in his mind anyway. Sure as hell better than what the Pirates have done. Um, I, I, I look for a return. You know, people forget the first half, the first half of 2019, Bell was in the MVP discussion. I, I mean, so first half of 2019, 302, 27 homers. He had 84 RBIs in the first half of the season in 2019. 84. Now I'll give you there was it was a longer 88 games is what it was. So it wasn't quite half. But that's a huge number. And then he fell off. 233, 10 homers, 32 RBIs in the last 55 games. I, I don't know what to attribute that to. I, I will say this. I think a lot of it with him has to do with how the team, the, you know, people forget the Pirates were doing decent that, that first half of that year. Um, we went to a game that year in Pittsburgh, and there was some excitement in the air. You know, um, th th they were competing, they were they were scrapping, but then the second half they just fell off, and so did Bell's performance. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, the protection too. You look at potentially being protected by Juan Soto and Kyle Schwarber in that lineup, hitting cleanup. You're gonna see a lot of pitches. You're gonna see a lot of pitches. So uh, I really like Bell in this spot, especially again with his um, with his one sixty five ADP, one sixty seven ADP. Excuse me. Sometimes the change of scenery is good, right? Ryan Moncastle is my my twelfth first baseman. So there you have your first tier of first baseman. The next tier I'm just going to talk about really quickly. Some of these so, – so the first one, who's left off? Luke Voigt isn't on this list. His ADP is 55, guys. I'm not saying I don't like Luke Voigt. I'm saying – I'm saying 55 is way too high, guys. 55 is way too high for a guy who hit his career high in home runs last year at 22. In a game, in a season, uh, excuse me, in a year that's got a third of the games as normal, that's concerning. That's red flag numero uno, and that's all I need to hear. I'm not saying I don't like Voight. I'm saying I'm not taking him in the fifth round. I'm not doing it. Let someone else do that. You listen to these other names. I would listen. I, I would take these guys. I'm about to mention to you over over him. Maybe not Trey Mancini, just because I don't know what Trey, Trey Mancini's, you know, 189 ADP. So you're talking about Trey Mancini and Luke Voigt being comparable skill sets. 
and you're getting them 130 picks later. Luke Voigt and Christian Walker being comparable skill sets, 150 picks later. Miguel Sano and Luke Voigt, skill sets, 130 picks later. Why would you take Luke Voigt in the fifth round when you know the best he can do is what he did for you last year, which is 277 and 22 homers projected out? I mean, obviously, you know, I just find the likelihood of him doing that again really low, really low. Chaps Fantasy Chat. Thursday nights at 8. Draft for Upsides the Network. You can find me at Chaps Fantasy Chat on Twitter. Join Chaps Fantasy Sports Group or Chaps Fantasy Chat Facebook group. Also on iLogic Media. Draft for Upside. First and goal. Great group of guys. Great group of guys. Thanks to Mark Lawson. Johnny Cole, the Grumpy Bunny, Superman Dude, all you guys have been awesome. iLogic Media is great. Love it. Let's talk about third base. Third base is interesting because it's all over the place. It's all over the place. So here's how I approached it. Risk-reward, right? Highest floor. So if I told you... Pick one. Arenado, Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado, Bregman, and Rendon. Who would you pick and why? It's really hard because they're kind of all over the place. Well, you know, Durf, not not with that, not with the dead ball. He doesn't. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, not with the dead ball. He doesn't. I, I, but I will say this, again, it's the same thing I said earlier. He's still going to hit more than almost everyone else in the league most years. So, you know, whether that's 53 or – so I have Machado as my number one. And, and you're absolutely right. <clears throat> He's probably a little overrated. But there's some factors you got to take into account here. And the reason why, so one and two for me are neck and neck. I could have gone either way. I chose Machado. 28 years old. He's a career 280 hitter. Averaging 32 homers and 91 RBIs for every 162 games he's played. He should play every day in San Diego. And... You know, in a position where there's no clear-cut number one, he's had a pretty high floor throughout the course of his career. 253, lowest batting average. He had in 2019 his first year in San Diego. Understandable. Moving leagues, changing coasts, um, bad team. Things have changed quite a bit. I, 
I don't. I wonder about his stolen bases. He hasn't stolen double double digit bases since 2018. He's only doing it twice in his career. So I feel like that part, you know, you're looking at seven or eight stolen bases out of him. Um, so, you know, you'll see you, a lot of people. I was listening to a podcast today that I got to have Jose Ramirez. We'll get to him in a little bit. Jose Ramirez isn't in my top two. He's he's not my top two. And it's it's the consistency factor. I put Machado here because I feel like in that offense, he has a real opportunity. His career high in RBIs is only 107. I think he tops that this year. His career high in runs is 105. I think he tops that this year. 32 homers is a lot of homers. He kind of has to get close to that to be worth this pick. I like Machado, but as you can tell, I'm kind of lukewarm on him. The guy, I, I guess it came down to this. I couldn't put Nolan Arenado as my number one third baseman as much as I wanted to. I love Nolan Arenado going into this year. Everybody's talking about the course field, the, the negative factor there. I don't buy into it, guys. Not one minute. It's a misperception that players leave cores and have a deflated have deflated offensive numbers. And it's funny, I've listened to it for the last two weeks. Um, but that's not why. I'm high. So I, that's not why I'm high on Arenado. I'm high on Arenado. One, his ADP is 27.8, and that very likely might fall further by the time you draft. He's 29 years old. So he's still in his prime. He played the entire year last year with a torn labrum in his shoulder. I'll say that again. He played the entire year last year with a shoulder injury. He said it hurt to swing up high. So maybe that's an anomaly. Right? Can we get there? Can we get there? I know I can. So, again, I know it's the course field factor. But you also have to think about this. When you're talking about Nolan Arenado and moving from the NL West to the NL Central, who isn't he facing 18 times a year now? Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Trevor Power, Hugh Darvish. You're dropping all those guys. What are you getting back? What do you, who are you facing instead? Mitch Keller, Stephen Brault, Kyle Hendricks. It's a big difference in pitching quality. Huge difference, right? Now let's talk about before his injury. 
Home run numbers, 41, 38, 37, 41, 42. RBIs, 118, 110, 130, 133, 130. That's huge numbers. Hell, runs, 102, 104, 100, 116, 97. You just heard me say Jose Abreu has only scored, has never scored 100 runs, has only scored over 90 once. Abreu did it every year for the last five prior to last year. He's 29 years old. He played last year injured. The best part, the best part, he was a first-round pick this time last year, guys. He was a first-round pick. You can get him. I was listening to Joe, my buddy Joe Pisapia doing his uh, <laughs> doing his podcast today. Props to Joe. He just got a big new gig. Congratulations, buddy. I, he, they're talking about oh, Arenado going in the fourth round and their labor draft. You're talking about about a guy that was the fifth or sixth pick just one year ago. He has a, a, something you could point to as to why he had a down year. And you're telling me a guy with the last five years averaging whatever the hell it is, 30, 40-something homers a year? You're going to discount him like that? Not me, brother. Not me. I'm reading between the tea leaves on this one. I love Nolan Arenado, especially in the third round. If you tell me I got to go up to the second round to get Nolan Arenado, I'm going to do it. If I'm picking at the end of the second round and Arenado's there, not for long. That's too low. He's still too good. I got to move faster. It's 845, and I got to eat dinner. But I got some good stuff. Jose Ramirez, the reason why I have him down, first reason, look, Ramirez has been great, especially the last, you know, whatever, year and a half or whatever. He's 28 years old. <laughs> the reason why I moved him down, he's not a first-round pick. Now, I'll say this, he's a true he's a true five-star player, and the fifth star is his average. He's always going to be able to steal you some bases. But, but the concerning part for me, with Jose Ramirez is is the 20 whatever 2018 2019 stint where he hit 205 for like almost a full season that's a bit of a concern now he's come out and said you know he was trying to work around the 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 shift and you know young player he's still only 28 years old 2018-2019, he hit 212 over 132 game stretch, a 672 OPS. That's not good. That's not good. But since then, since the All-Star break of 2019, 110 games, he's hit 307, 52 homers and 25 stolen bases with a slug of 664. Guys. I'm not going to get Jose Ramirez with him as my third third baseman, obviously. 
I feel like there's just the, there's too big of a variance between ceiling and floor for me to reach on a Jose Ramirez in the first round, even given the stolen base home run profile that he presents. I would I would rather spend my draft capital on an ace pitcher or a shortstop that I I know is going to steal me some bases. Especially when you have guys, you know, you got two more in this first tier for me. The, the next guy, Anthony Renzone, 286, nine homers, 29 runs, 31 RBIs last year. So, first off, same thing as, like I said, with Machado earlier, right? Switch leagues, switch coasts. That's a big switch. But project that out. 29 homers, 91 runs, 97 RBIs. A K to walk rate projected out of 97 to 119. Sign me up for some Rendon. I like him in this first tier at 35.8. I feel like he's a pretty good value, especially considering he was a second year last or a second rounder last year, right? So yeah, I, I like him there. The last guy in this first tier for me, and I I, I struggle with whether or not he even belongs here. Um, Alex Bregman, 26 years old. That's the thing about Bregman. This ADP is 37. So you're talking about what a first pick of the fourth round. Um, all of the here's what these guys have in common. They all have a lead upside. They've shown they can do it. And they attribute multiple fantasy baseball categories. These guys have all been first or second rounders in the very near past. So, so what you're getting with Alex Bregman. You're getting a little bit of public enemy number one, right? He's kind of smug. We all remember the pitch tipping scandal he was directly involved with. Had kind of a blase blah attitude about it. I'm guessing he's probably still going to get hit a bunch this year. But the reason why I've bumped Bregman down, he's all but stopped running. He has not run. The last year and a half. He had zero stolen bases last year. He's got five in the last two. If Bregman doesn't steal bases, he falls out of this tier. So that's why I put him in my top tier, but he's teetering. He's definitely teetering. He's never going to hit 41 homers again. I feel pretty safe in saying that. Yes, old elk. Cow. Um, could he hit 30? Sure. Is 30 a first tier third baseman? No. Not for me, he's not. Not not with not with his other statistics, right? Um again, I I've said this going back to last year. I judge every Houston Astro on a case-by-case -case basis. 
there is a distinct change for me with Alex Bregman and how he looks. I still think he's a good player. Maybe like Ian Hapgood. He's not Francisco Lindor good, like he's shown, right? He's a career 283 hitter. I I don't think he reaches that, guys. Again, I, I you know, he's averaging 30 home runs per every 162. I don't think he gets that. Therefore, you you hear me, you hear me, you hear what I'm saying. I've got Bregman here, but I anticipate him falling into that second tier next year. I got to run through these. I got to run through these next three guys because I got eight minutes. I got to eat dinner, but I got to talk about these guys. You guys. I love these next three players. My draft strategy is centered around these next three players. Who are they? It's the second tier. It's the next group of guys that, quite honestly, they're undervalued. Who am I talking about? Rafa Devers, 24 years old. His ADP is 42. I love this kid. You're talking about a player here who – as a 22-year-old, hit on a hit on a contending team in the middle of that lineup, hit 311 with 32 homers the last time they played a full season. He stole eight bases, 115 RBIs as a 22-year-old in Boston. Now. The Red Sox had a rough go last year. Chris Sale was lost for the year. Eduardo Rodriguez couldn't pitch because of COVID complications. Deaver's numbers took a bit of a hit. He fell almost 50 points from 311 to 263. But he was on pace for 32 homers, guys. He's on pace for 123 RBIs. That would have been his career high. He had 115 in 2019. I fully expect next year to put Devers in that first tier and put Bregman in that second. Devers has the potential to win a a batting crown. I don't think any other player in this category, can say that. Now, they're talking about him losing a step. They're talking, I I don't know that. But what I will say is, and and this is another one of those, Alex Cora is back in Boston. And Alex Cora was the manager. The year Devers had his best year yet. In 2019. These guys have a great working relationship. I look for Devers to have an excellent year. On par with what he did in 2019. Plus 300, plus 30 homers, plus 110 RBIs. 
and you're getting them in the fourth round. I'll take that every time. Every time. Rafa Devers, number one in tier two. Number two in tier two. Number seven overall, Eugenio Suarez. 29 years old. ADP is 79, guys. He had a crappy year last year. The numbers aren't going to look good. But this is why it's important to look at it from a couple of different lenses. So, so people forget. People forget. He had off-season. So going into 2020, he had off-season surgery on his shoulder. Sorry, these guys start running again. He had off-season sh- – it's his shoulder, I believe. There are a few, no, tell me. There were complications to that, and he didn't recover fully on time. Now, shoulder. Shoulder surgery the year before. Sorry. Sometimes these words just – they're all over the place. So again, 202, not good. 15 homers, yeah, not bad. But you, it's it's a tough pill to swallow that 202, right? But take into account two things. The complications from the off-season shoulder surgery. And look at the splits. Splits are important, Okay. Because I want to know if a player figured it out. So, so big picture first, you look at what Suarez has done throughout the last four years prior to last year. He's increased his home run pace every year of his professional career. 4, 13, 21, 26, 34, 49, and then last year he had 15. He had 49 homers in 2019 with a 271 batting average. He's in the same ballpark, predominantly the same people around him, for the most part. He had a shoulder surgery that there were complications to. Look at his stats from last year. From July 4th through, sorry, excuse me, through the first 23 games, Suarez hit 152. Three homers. That's 23 games. After August 22nd, and this is 235. So you're talking about an 80-point jump in average. 12 homers. So it so again, if you prorate that 34 game stretch out for the entire year. That's 58 home runs. 58. I'm not saying Suarez is going to hit 58 home runs. 
I'm saying it's an indicator that once his shoulder got better, it was back to the same old E.U. Suarez. I love saying that. E.U. E.U. You have to say it quickly or you start jumbling it. I look for Suarez to bounce back big time this year. I think 40 home runs is a pretty safe estimate. 2018, he hit 283. 2019, he hit 271. I think you're looking at a 260-plus hitter, and I think that's a pretty safe estimate. I love him in the eighth round, 79 ADP. I love him there. There aren't many bats that have the kind of power in it that Suarez has. Chapman, 112, 27 years old. Again, I like him. I'm not going to go as deep. He had hip injury last year, really affected his swing. I look for him to return to his numbers of 2019. Moncada, ADP of 88. Bryant of 115. Mustakas of 123. Real quick before I jump off here, there, there are some rookies here. One that I must say, Durf, I love Cabrian Hayes. I, you know, what he did last year, I look for him to, to be a big part of that Pirates future starting this year. Um, I've seen him shoot three or four times over here in Pitts or in Indianapolis. I love what he brings to the table. His defense is stellar. His bat-to-ball skills are probably the best on that team, and I think he grows into power. At 148.8, I want Cabrera Hayes on my team. Nine o'clock. Coming back here at 10 with my buddy Randall, the other angle, OA. We're going to talk, probably going to talk baseball, but we're also going to talk some college basketball. We're going to talk some NFL. Um, Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. Draft for Upsides, the network, thanks to iLogic Media. Find me at Chaps Fantasy Sports Group on Facebook, Chaps Fantasy Chat. That's my handle on Twitter. You can find my sports group at Chaps Fantasy Chat. And, again, that's on iLogic Media. Thanks for joining me. Hope you guys have enjoyed the content. I'll see you guys in an hour. I'm going to go eat something real quick. Take care. Good night.